All I want is to get from where I am to where I want to be. It's never easy. It seems like there's always an obstacle or a detour or a dead end. God, just show me where to go. That's what I want. Well, hey, everyone. Good to see all of you here this weekend. Welcome to those of you who are joining us online. If we haven't met before, my name's John. I'm the campus pastor here at Lionel Lakes. Happy Fourth of July weekend to everyone. It is a privilege to live in a free nation, so thank you to all those who've helped provide that. But we're in the third week of a series. We're in the third week of a series called That's What I Want. When I see someone who is wiser, stronger in character, deeper in their faith, I find myself saying, that's what I want. And so today's message is titled, I Want a Healthy Mind, Body, and Soul. But first, a story. Several years ago, my wife Emily and I lived in Las Vegas. So once or twice a year, we'd pack up our car, put our two little dogs, Bear and Nala, in the back seat, and we'd make this 26-hour drive from Las Vegas to Minnesota. Now, this was a time in our lives that we sometimes longingly refer to as pre-kids. Because without kids, we could make this drive straight through. And when I say we, I mean Emily would do most of the driving. I would do most of the sitting in the passenger seat. Just a quick confession so we can move on. In our marriage, she does almost all of the driving. I do all, almost all of the relaxing in the passenger seat. She enjoys it. I don't. It's a win-win. Please don't try to judge me, okay? But anyways, as we were entering this home stretch through Iowa, I happened to be at the wheel. It was 7 a.m., about 20 hours into this 26-hour drive. We'd been eating fast food, Twizzlers, guzzling coffee. We were exhausted. Emily was asleep in the passenger seat when an infomercial came on the radio, and the announcer said, do you feel lethargic? Do you feel a little extra fat around your belly? Do you feel like you could lose a little anxiety? I'm thinking I'm exhausted. I feel that spare tire around my belly that's starting to form. And I'm certainly feeling anxious from driving. So the announcer continues, well, we've got the solution just for you. With this pill, you'll gain energy, you'll lose belly fat, and you will calm your nerves. Call today for your trial, money back guaranteed. I've never responded to any of these things before in my life, but for some reason, I'm hooked. I'm all in, I dial this number, call ahead, get the, the trial shipped ahead to the address where we're moving, and I am stoked about it. Well, several minutes later, Emily wakes up in, from the, her slumber in the passenger seat, and she's listening to this infomercial that's continuing to play, you know, and she turns to me, and she says, what kind of idiot <laughs> would order a pill that claims to do all that? <laughs> Don't. Probably just people who live in Iowa. I mean, that's why they're playing in Iowa, you know? No kidding, next gas stop, I went into the bathroom to call and cancel my tr trial. This was early in on, on under marriage, and I didn't want to prove, you know, how big of an idiot I truly was, but wouldn't it be nice? 
wouldn't it be nice if there was one single pill that could give us a healthy mind, body, and soul? Because that's what we want. At least I do. I love the mind of Albert Einstein, the soul of Billy Graham, the body of Bob Merritt. (laughs) Why are you laughing? (laughs) Even though we don't necessarily want to put in the effort, I think we can all agree, Christian or not, every person would say, I want a healthy mind, body, and soul. So with that in mind, we turn to the Bible, because in the Bible, there's a group of people who've gathered around Jesus and have begun pestering him with questions trying to back him into a corner and get him to slip up. So a teacher of religion, you know, a really smart guy, tries to get Jesus with this question. He says, of all the commandments, what is the most important commandment? Jews had 613 commandments. They considered them all of equal importance. So how was Jesus going to answer? Well, this is what he says in Mark. He says, the most important commandment is this, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And he continues, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. See, Jesus boils it down. That's what we must want, he says, to love God with all of our mind, not just parts of it. To love God with all of our strength, our body, not just a little bit of it, but to love God with all of our mind, body, and soul, for being honest with ourselves. Many of us are not healthy enough in these areas to love God this way. There are parts of us that are broken, trapped, stuck. So let's do a little self-evaluation. Ask yourself, how healthy is your mind? Maybe your mind won't turn off. Maybe your mind won't allow you to sleep or rest. Maybe your mind spins with dissatisfaction, anxiety, or lust. How healthy is your body? Uh, Maybe you've lost motivation in this regard. You remember the good old days of being 15 pounds lighter when you could eat whatever or whenever you want. Maybe your weekly exercise consists of walking to the fridge and back and then counting those steps on your Fitbit as good for the week. (laughs) Maybe you stand in front of the mirror obsessed with looking just perfect. There's no amount of working out or eating well that removes the shame or embarrassment that you feel. And finally, let me ask you, how healthy is your soul? Maybe your soul is lonely or empty. Maybe it's been darkened by hatred, greed, or depression. Or maybe you have a beautiful family, a great job, a big house, you're living the American dream, and yet there's this nagging sensation that there must be something more to life than all of this. You know, the body, mind, and soul are not separate either. They're all connected. The psalmist writes this, with my whole being, my body and soul, I will shout joyfully to God. Throughout scripture, there is a correlation made between our mind, our body, and our soul. You have a mind, but you're much more than that. You have a body, but you're much more than that. You are a soul, and your soul brings harmony and wholeness to all areas of your being. Now, to be clear, on this side of eternity, these areas are going to be fractured by sin. Paul writes this in Romans, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Sin is going to be a part of our daily struggle in this life. I suppose you can blame Adam for that little extra belly fat or for not being able to say no to that toxic thought. But he can, that's why Peter says this, dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners of this life, 
of this earth to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your souls. See, there is a war going on against your soul. Do you feel it? Do you sense it? That's why it's so difficult to say no to a toxic thought, to things that are ultimately going to damage our bodies and our souls. But the good news is, it is possible with God's help to be healthier than you are today. So with the remaining time we have left, we're look at three practical ways that we can love God with all of our mind, body, and soul. The first is this, to love God with your mind, fix your thoughts on what is true. This comes right from Philippians. Paul writes, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. There may be nothing more mysterious in all of God's creation than the human mind. You know, in the average adult brain, there are 100 billion neurons communicating across 100 trillion synaptic connections. Think about it like this. The number of possible brain connections in your brain right now are more than all the stars in the known universe. At this very moment, you are being impacted by 100 million bits of information per second. Your eyes are deleting 98% of it, while your brain is filtering through the final 2%. And then from this 2%, your mind brings to your conscious awareness the five to nine pieces most of most relevant information. Now, for some of you, you've tuned me out. Okay, I've bored you to tears, you got nothing. Five to nine, zero. <laughs> but while it may be impossible to comprehend what is going on up here, it is possible to allow God access to your mind to change the way you think. See, Paul writes this again. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Maybe you've seen this verse before, but notice the order. God can transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. See, transformation and health begins in our minds. Every person is going to battle negative, un un ungodly thoughts. But the people who are most unhealthy in their minds are those that linger on those thoughts. See, it's the linger that allows these thoughts to infiltrate deeper parts of our souls. Let me give you a few examples. At the gym, shorts are short, tops are tight. So men, when you see a woman uh, who is attractive, how does your thought process go? Do you think, man, she's beautiful? What if, if only? See, your opportunity to linger or not is in those first two to three seconds. The behaviors and customs of this world tell you it's completely harmless, but it's much more harm harmful than you think. Women, when you see a man who holds open the door for his wife, do you think to yourself, oh, it would be great if, actually, what if, if only? Maybe you spend way too many hours on Pinterest and you fantasize about your husband being able to build you that vintage farm table, <laughs> the lighting fixture with mason jars and Edison bulbs and uncover miraculous amounts of shiplap. <laughs> you know that Chip Gaines could, why can't your husband?
Or maybe you're single or divorced, or, or frankly, this could apply to any one of us here, but maybe you allow yourself to linger in what Pastor Andy Stanley refers to in the land of Ur, E-R, if only I were wealthy Ur, if only I were pretty Ur, if only I were thin Ur, if only I were smarter, if only I were better. See, the land of Ur is a dangerous place to linger. And honestly, I found that many of us simply aren't aware of the ways that we linger. So my first challenge to you is this. It is time to think about what you think about. Ask yourself, where have you been lingering longer than you should? Do you find yourself immersed in negative or unhealthy thought patterns, lustful thought patterns, materialistic, jealous, escapist thought patterns? Where are you immersed? Because in order to fix your thoughts on what is true, you've got to be able to think about what you think about and then identify. You've got to be able to name and expose those thought patterns because then it becomes possible to deal with these thoughts through recognition and prayer. God, I recognize this thought that's lingering in my mind is not from you. Remove this thought from my mind. And the key is to replace those thoughts and fill your mind with more of what God says is true. We all know this, but culture bombards our thinking with you aren't enough. She is actually more beautiful. You would be happier if fill in the blank. And if we don't counteract those thoughts with more of what God says is true, you don't stand a chance. Your thought life is always going to be unhealthy. You know, for me, I've always battled in my mind for as long as I can remember. I have battled negative thought patterns of self-doubt, just not being good enough. Anxiety, where, where my mind won't turn off. A battle, a, a fear of failure. Fear of not being a good enough husband or father. I lay awake at night wondering, have I done enough for my kids? Really, it's been a constant battle. But one of the ways that I've begun to win this battle in my mind is that I replace these thoughts with affirmations. I've written down some thoughts that are true, that I hope to be true, and I read them to myself every day. The beautiful thing about this, they're already written out. I don't have to feel like they're true, I don't even have to think them, I simply have to read them and I am rewiring my thought life. I wanted to share a few that I actually read to myself every morning when I wake up says, personal affirmations for 2016. I am a child of God, loved by the Father, friend of Jesus, and empowered by the Spirit. God is able to do far more than I could ever ask or imagine. In Christ, I am more than enough. I am a great, loving husband. I am a patient and present dad. I am a wise and passionate leader. I will not make excuses or live with regrets. I can dream, risk, and take chances. Failure is an option. I will love better every day. And I just read these to myself. I replace the toxic thoughts that fill my mind with more of what God says is true. So my challenge to you, write out your own affirmations. Write down a few verses and read them to yourself every single day. You will find little by little that God will change the way you think. Okay, second way to love God with all your mind, body, and soul 
is to honor God with your body. Paul again says this, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. How's your body these days? Turn to your neighbor and say, how does my body look these days? No, don't do that. <laughs> it's too vulnerable. A couple weeks ago, I was standing in front of the mirror getting ready for work, and I had one of those moments, those moments that, that maybe you face all the time, that you feel all the time. It's rare for me, but a couple of weeks ago, I was standing in front of the mirror and realizing that I'm getting older. Gravity is starting to take over. The belly's hanging over the jeans a little more. Sides are flabbier than I remember. Last time I had a physical, the nurse said, you know, even though the body mass index chart says that you're overweight, I mean, these things change all the time. <laughs> Hoping she's right. I go through seasons of eating healthy, less carbs, less sugar, more vegetables. And then I go through seasons where I feel like I'm inhaling cookies and donuts at every turn. I'm a bloodhound for sweets and chocolate anywhere between 1 and 3 p.m. I know where all my coworkers' secret stashes of chocolate are. I don't even think they know that I know. I drink way too much caffeine, way too much coffee. I could go on and on. Eating healthy is such a struggle. Same with working out. I go through seasons of working out consistently three to four times a week, staying fit. I go through other seasons where I cannot get myself motivated. I am truly envious of people who work out with a tenacious discipline. Did you know there are weirdos in life who seem to actually enjoy it? <laughs> it's crazy to me. But how's your discipline when it comes to eating well and working out and staying healthy? We aren't alone in our struggles. According to the latest CDC report, 69% of Americans are considered either overweight or obese. They predict by the year 2050, one in three Americans will have some form of diabetes, and they say that 80% of Americans do not get the recommended amount of weekly exercise. They recommend two and a half hours of moderate intensity exercise per week. Even though we can all agree that we want a healthy body, most of us would rather have a quick fix than engage in the health or the ongoing daily discipline that a healthy body requires. So it got me thinking about all the, the great exercise programs and equipment that have promised a healthy body, you know? Do you guys remember the thigh master? <laughs> 1990s, Suzanne Summers selling this thing. If you bought it, squeezed it a few times, you'd have a body that wouldn't quit for $29.99. It was incredible. For an additional $10, she threw in the butt master. Don't even admit if you bought the butt master, but this thing would get your body in shape. And we actually put together a little video montage of some exercise programs that maybe you've used before in the past. Take a look. Get ready to kick one leg forward. Here we go. Kick. Now, Bruce, I don't know anyone that doesn't want to have firmer triceps or firmer back of the arms, women and men alike. Introducing the Ab Circle Pro, the fastest, easiest way to have the flat washboard abs. This helps develop my power and my punch. You can use the Sport Elect while watching TV, in the office, walking. You do nothing. Guaranteed to help you burn calories and build lean muscle in just five minutes a day, four days a week. Pressing down on the material, lift the muscles up as you continue the surprise puppy dog. 
I really have only secretly ordered a few of those. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> when it comes to eating programs, there's lots of things that promise instant results as well. And there's nothing inherently wrong with a lot of these things. What is wrong is when we begin to believe the lie that it is my body and I can do whatever I want with it because scripture says otherwise. Paul writes, our bodies were made for the Lord and the Lord cares about our bodies. See, your body belongs to God. That's a profound thought, at least when I realize that to be true. Your body belongs to God. If your body is not your own and it belongs to God, how can we honor him with it? To get intensely practical for some of you. We, get, we wanna give you a few ways to get started today on getting healthy. The first, start with a SAG, a short-term achievable goal. You know, so often we focus on the BHAGs, the big, hairy, audacious goals. I'm gonna run a marathon next month. I'm gonna lose 40 pounds in 40 days. I'm gonna become Mr. Universe. Nothing wrong with those goals. But people who get healthy are those that set short-term achievable goals. Make it a goal this week to walk, run, or work out four times this week. And then when you do it, celebrate. Make it a goal this week to eat a vegetable rather than dessert six nights out of the next seven. On the seventh, have whatever amount of ice cream you want to. Set a stag, pursue that goal, and then when you hit it, celebrate. Secondly, use a plan. There are a ton of incredible resources out there. I have friends who use P90X, CrossFit, kickboxing, people who bought a bike and, and bike with friends, people who joined a running club. We've got an opportunity for you to sign up for the Global World Vision Twin Cities 6K. It's in August here in the Twin Cities. They've got a couch to 6K training program that you can sign up for. And in the process, you can provide clean water for someone. There are a ton of incredible plans out there. When it comes to eating, same thing. Go buy a book like The Daniel Plan which Pastor Rick Warren co-authored and challenged all of Saddleback Church to go through with them so that they could learn how to eat well. Use a plan and then finally work the plan daily. I mean, let's get real. Most of us don't have a problem with starting a plan. Most of us have difficulty with the ongoing daily commitment and finding the time to do it. A couple weeks ago, I was out on a run and admittedly, I was thinking about this message when I took this video, so just bear with me, take a look. How annoyed were you with that? <laughs> it took that turtle 15 seconds to take three or four steps, but you know what? I came back, I circled back around. That turtle crossed the road. It got to where it needed to be. As humans, we long for quick and instantaneous, but slow and steady habits. Sometimes 30 minutes earlier than you want to, sometimes 30 minutes later than you want to will ultimately get us to where we need to be. And can I, can I say something in love to some of you? Some of you have begun to believe the lie that being physically healthy is impossible. Maybe you really feel like it's impossible Maybe you somehow find your identity in that. Maybe you don't see any hope. Maybe you just don't care. And I'm sorry you're in that place. But unless it is actually physically impossible for you, you are just a few daily choices away from pursuing what feels impossible. Your body belongs to God. Honor him with it. Third and final way to love God with all our mind, body, and soul 
spend more time on your soul than anything else. Jesus says this, what does it profit for a man or woman to gain the whole world, the whole world, but lose their soul? Nothing is worth the price of a soul, not even the whole world. Well, what is your soul? According to the great theologian, author Dallas Willard, he says this, what is running your life at any given moment is your soul. Not external circumstances, not your thoughts. It's not running your life, not your intentions, not even your feelings. Those don't run your life. Your soul runs your life. Your soul is the operating center. It's like an iceberg, if you've seen a picture of an iceberg. See, most of us, when we see an iceberg or a picture of one, we see just the 10%, the stuff that's above the water. But 90% of this iceberg is beneath the water. As human beings, we tend to focus on the 10%, what other people can see. But it's what's beneath the water that controls everything. It's the soul. Maybe you know someone who has a brilliant mind. Maybe you know someone who is incredibly fit, but they're miserable. They're empty, they're, they're hollow. Maybe that person is you. That's because without a healthy soul, nothing else matters. So ask yourself, how's your soul doing? Are you at peace in the world? Do you feel and experience joy? Do you feel and experience love? How about satisfaction? Are you living with purpose? From his fantastic book, I mean the best book on taking care of your soul that I have ever read, John Ortberg in Soul Keeping says this, if your soul is healthy, no external circumstance can destroy your life. If your soul is unhealthy, no external circumstance can redeem your life. It's the 90%. That makes all the difference. You know, no person more exemplified this to me than my grandpa Ralph. My grandpa Ralph lived until he was 102 years old. Born in 1910, he was a part of a generation known as the greatest generation. He was born during the Great Depression. He lived through two world wars and 25 presidential political campaigns, which is enough to make anyone want to die. He owned a grocery store in Portland, Oregon for 60 years. He could not understand why anyone would buy anything at full price and was completely flabbergasted at the idea that people paid $4 for a cup of coffee. But he spent his years buying and delivering other people's groceries to their doorsteps, cooking every dinner for grandma, serving up stacks of, of blueberry pancakes, Swedish pancakes, Swedish meatballs to his grandkids until he had to roll us away from the table. But here's what I remember most about my grandpa. He never, ever missed a scripture devotion time. As a kid, I have fond memories of sitting next to him or on his lap as he pulled out this Bible, his massive Bible, marked up several times through, having read through it year after year, as he would read out loud verse by verse to my grandma when she could no longer read or see. I've been at a lot of gravesides a lot of hospital beds. And it's clear within minutes whether a person or the family of the person has done the kind of soul work to be ready for these kind of moments or not. And in 2012, standing next to my grandpa's graveside, it was clear that my grandpa Ralph had done the work because nothing, 
not the Great Depression, not seeing many of his friends, all of his siblings, most of his family, including his wife of 65 years, passed before him, not the stock market crashes, not politics, not the hopelessness that he had begun to see in the world, not $4 Starbucks, not world wars, nothing had deterred his soul. Now, since he died a couple of years ago, I don't remember much of what he accomplished. I really don't. I don't remember many of his stories that he told and retold and retold and retold. But I will never forget his unwavering spirit and soul. Author of Hebrews says this, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. And the hope that he's talking about is Jesus Christ. Your faith, your soul can become an anchor. Because when life throws you cancer or Alzheimer's, parents who are sick or dying, financial losses, job losses, career changes, destructive thoughts, the difference is going to be this. The work you've done on your soul will make all the difference. Based on the soul work that you've done, that anchor will hold firm and secure or won't. So which is it gonna be? There is no more powerful way to establish this anchor than by finding a quiet place to be with God so that he can shape your soul. God is going to say things to you. God is going to do things for you. God is going to shape your soul in ways in that quiet place that he will not do anywhere else. And once you find that quiet place, there's no better way to spend this time than in his word. Every day, read something in here. It's not much different than pursuing a healthy body. Start with a goal, use a plan, and work the plan daily. And frankly, some of you work way too much on your body and way too little on your soul. Your body is going to decay and die. Your soul is going to live on forever. We've got great plans for you. Go online, get the Read Your Bible plan. You can have it emailed, texted. Someday they're gonna drop it off on your doorstep with a drone. We wanna make it as easy as possible for you to get these plans and then work them. I use that, and then I just read one chapter a day. No science behind it, no method. I just pick a book of the Bible, and I read one chapter a day. I underline a few verses. I write down one verse that I really feel like God is speaking to me through, and then I journal some thoughts about it, and I find myself praying through that scripture all day long. I try to begin every single day this way. I need it. I need God to shape my soul so that I can battle soul killers like negativity, anger, impatience, and lust that are just gonna, just gonna come at me all day long. If you want a healthy soul, you need to intentionally, deliberately commit to finding this quiet place in your day so that God can shape your soul. There, Jesus can become an anchor for whatever life throws your way. I wanna end by telling you a story that um, we pray and hope never comes true in any of our lives. It's a tragic story, and many of us won't face this kind of tragedy. But I think we can all agree, no matter where you come from, what background you have, that life has never promised to be easy for any one of us. And I think the question we all wonder at times is, when we face those moments, will our faith be enough? Will we be ready. The story goes, in the 1800s, there was a man named Horatio Spafford who had invested everything in Chicago real estate. By 1871, the great Chicago fire happened, 
and burnt everything to the ground. So all of his investments, all of his real estate, all of his money, his business, everything was gone. He had no insurance to pay for it. So in 1871, or 1873, excuse me, he sent his wife and four daughters on a ship back to England so that Horatio could stay behind and, and rebuild his life and his business. A couple weeks into this trip, he receives a telegram that the ship had wrecked and everyone had died except his wife. A couple days later, he boards a ship to go meet his wife. And as he's passing over the waters, the very spot where that ship had wrecked and his four daughters had drowned and passed away, he penned these words to a song, a song that if you've spent any time around a church, if you've spent any time around a Christian funeral, it's a song you've probably heard, but even if not, the lyrics go like this, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you have taught me to say, it is well, it is well, it is well with my soul. See, that's what I want. I want to know that whatever life throws my way, that that anchor will hold firm and secure in the hope of Jesus Christ. How about you? Is it well with your soul? We're gonna give you just a few moments to reflect on this a few moments before you leave to, to ask God, to close your eyes, ask God, is it well with my soul? So take some time as we sing this over you.
work you've done on your soul will make all the difference. Whatever life throws your way, he'll be glad you did as that anchor holds firm and secure in the hope of Jesus Christ. That's what I want for myself. That's what I want for all of you. Let's all stand for closing prayer. Heavenly Father, I stand here and realize that my soul has not been anchored of late. My soul. And Lord, I pray that you would reestablish that anchor in my own life so that my soul can become firm and secure in the hope that only you can provide. I also know there are people here who have drifted far, far away from you. They've been drugged away by life circumstances. They've been broken and beaten down. And it is time. They know it. Your spirit is speaking to them to reestablish that anchor for their soul. So I pray for that to cement and hold firm and secure in the hope that only you can provide. Pray for every person here who wants a healthy soul. I know it's all of us. We all do. And God, I pray that you would help us to establish that through our daily routines, through our daily interactions, as we go about our weeks, that we put in the time little by little to change the way we think, to fix our thoughts on what is true, to honor God, to honor you with our body, to ultimately spend more time on our soul than anything else. And God, I pray that you convict us this week and help us little by little to make the changes necessary to establish this firm and secure. We pray this all in your son Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for coming, everyone. If you want prayer, we'll have a prayer team down in front. Otherwise, God bless.